Hey, everybody, and welcome to Our God is Real, our place where we come together to share our stories, to be a community, and to learn a few things from one another. And within all this, our goal, as always, to show the reality of God in our lives and to take that reality that we learn and that we share and share it with a world that so desperately needs to know that He is real. You know, it seems like right now, and, and I know it's just not right now, but it seems so prevalent at this moment that the world, and when I say the world, I mean people that are not following after Christ, the world is desperately trying to tear down all things of God to disprove God with everything that they can do. And, you know, being a Christian... It's hard for me to understand why you would or anyone would want to do that because God isn't mean. God is is love. And we, you know, you hear it in the news all the time. It's we're all supposed to be about loving each other now, but yet we want to be loving each other, but we don't want to let God be the source of that love. We don't want God to be the reason, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, that, that we love each other. But it, it, it is. He is. And one of the places that there seems to be so much focus on in, in tearing God down is the Bible and God's Word. And to be quite frank with you, I'm, I'm pretty darn well sick of it. I'm sick of hearing people try to, to split the word apart and, and say that, well, some of the Bible is, is God's word and some of it is man's and, and only the red letter piece, pieces and parts in the Bible are what Jesus really said. Um, and, and the whole Bible isn't, isn't God's word. Today, I want to help us understand that whether God had the pen in his hand and was writing the word or a man was writing the word that is in our Bible. Doesn't matter. Either way, the words that are in our Bible came from God. And I'm ready to stand on that today and I'm ready to prove it to you. And I will prove it by scripture. And I will prove it in, in what most people accept as God's word. And then I will also shore it up with the inspired word that God put into his people. So the first scripture I want to start with today is from the book of 2 Timothy. I'm going to read in chapter 3, and I'm going to read one verse in chapter 3 first, and then I want to set the context leading up to this verse. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Let me just read verse 17 that, that tells you why that is. That the man or woman of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. So like a lot of people try to do, or, or, or do, they would take that one verse or those two verses 
and set it over to the side and leave it alone just like that. And they try to use that as the basis and the foundation for proving that that point. Friends, we cannot separate the word of God from itself. We can't go in and pull verses out to justify whatever argument we're making and pull that verse out and let it stand all by itself. The Bible is a collection of books. It is a library of books. If I'm going to write, you know, this this Second Timothy was was a letter um, written by Paul. So if I'm if I'm going to write you a letter, think about this. If I'm going to write you a letter, and I've got all these things to say in this letter, but you only go into that letter and you pull out one sentence out of that letter, are you really getting the whole context of what I wrote to you? Of course not. If you pull that out and you take that, that, that one sentence out of context, it can have a completely different meaning than it does when it's wrapped up in the rest of the whole letter. So please, I admonish you, I admonish myself, I admonish all of us, stop using the Word of God in bits and pieces to justify something that, that, that you need for it to say that may not be quite right. Honestly, I know I'm getting all up in our stuff this morning, but that's just how it is. And I say this because I used to do it. I was very good at going in and citing this verse or that verse or the other verse completely out of context, even wrapping those verses around each other to make the Bible say not what it really said, but make it say what I wanted it to say. Yeah, I'm very passionate about this, as you can tell. But bless God, through Jesus, through the leading of the Holy Spirit and through some serious study and coming under great men and women of God that have taught me so much, I understand that you can't, you can't do that. You can't just pull out and leave it. You need to understand context, especially when you're trying to use it for teaching especially when you're trying to use it for correction and training. So if you start in the first verses leading up to verse 16, the first section of this, of this chapter in 2 Timothy, chapter 3, talks about in the last days it's going to get really tough because people are going to be loving themselves, money, they're going to get proud, all of this is going to happen. People are going to try to manipulate each other, manipulate the word of God, manipulate faith, manipulate even God. And one of the verses leading up to 16 that really sticks out to me that, that kind of that hits verse 16 is chapter 3, verse 7, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Obviously, some of the other versions and translations say it differently, but I love that. Always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. So we, we want to, to learn, and, and with the Internet and all the stuff that we've got out there, my gosh, we're learning. Kids are learning now at such an accelerated pace. And 
regrettably, not everything that they're learning is, is good. Not everything that we're learning is, is good. And there's a, a point that we have to come to in our lives that we have to come back to the Word of God and let the Word of God divide what is false from what is truth. And that should be our central focus. Listen, if, if I come to the Bible and I live my life after this Bible, I'm going to have a pretty darn good life, and those around me are going to be very glad that they know me. Because if I follow what is outlined in the Bible, then I am going to live a just and right life. So why is it that we want to, why is this push so hard right now and over the past few years to say, well, all the Bible isn't God. Some of it is man. Well, let me, let me show you a little something here. So remember in chapter 3, verse 16, it says, all scripture is breathed out by God. This is not the only time in the Bible where we get the saying of God breathing something. So here it says God breathed out the scripture. Go all the way back to the very beginning. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 where God breathed into Adam. You see God has been breathing on us since we were created. God has been breathing into us. God has been breathing out. There's a scripture that talks about in Genesis that the spirit of God or the breath of God hovered across the water. You see, we, we want so hard to pull these verses out and let them stand by themselves that we don't do our due diligent work and let the Bible prove its own self. The Bible will prove itself. If you lay one scripture up against a scripture, the Bible is not contradictory as we are. We, when we try to do this, this isolation of the scripture for our own means, we get it messed up because we can't we can't prove it against our own thoughts and our own sayings, what, what we're trying to, to get across. So I ask you, when you think about the Word of God, I ask you to understand that whether God had a pen in his hand, again, I'll say this once more, whether God had a pen in his hand, or whether he put a pen in the hand of a man and inspired that man, all scripture, every word in the Bible, God was speaking to someone. And you know what? I'll say this. Man is not perfect. Surprise. I know that that's going to mess up some of you, but guess what? You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Man as a whole is not perfect. And there may be times that we we write something or we say something that, that is out of emotion. That's okay. Because again, when I look at the whole of this, and that's what I challenge us to do, to look at the whole of the Bible. Look at it all together. And I, and I listen, I'm a studier of the word. 
So I fully understand that the word that I have in front of me today, this English Standard Version that I'm reading from today, is not every perfect word. I understand that this is a translation from a man that he did the best that he could do to put this together. I get it, okay? I understand that the King James Bible was put together and was separated and divinated and all of those kind of things by the church and by men. I get it. But I have to trust that those men were led by God. I have to trust that those men were inspired by God, that they were, that God breathed out to them and that he breathed into them inspiration. I will say this, that there is no malice in the Bible. There is nothing that is written in the Bible that is written with intent of malice or intent of harm. Every word that is in this Bible, whether it be fallible or not, is written for your teaching, is written to help you, is written to lead you. Don't let the world confuse you with this. Don't let the world try to tell you that the Bible is not the word of God because it is. And don't let the world trick you into thinking that if you want to stand up for this cause or that cause or the other cause, if you want to stand up for for open marriage, if you want to stand up for homosexuality, if you want to stand up for adultery, if you want to stand up for for drunkenness, for lewd actions. Sure, if you try hard enough, you can get into the Bible and you can find a verse and pull it out all by itself. And you can probably figure out some way to to make that, that verse justify it for you because you can manipulate the words in such a way. The Bible is not to be manipulated. The Bible is to be read is to be followed. The Bible is, again, as the scripture itself says, as Paul said to Timothy, and and understand when Paul was writing all this in this book to Timothy, Timothy's getting his ministry together. Timothy's getting ready to go out into the world and preach, and Paul is trying to prepare him. Isn't that what we're all supposed to be doing? Aren't we all supposed to be, as Jesus said, go ye into all the world? and make disciples. How do we make disciples? We teach. We share. What do we share? The Word of God. Father, today there is a struggle. The world is trying to tear down your Word. And we know, Lord, that your word is real, it is true, and it is just. And I ask you, Father, to let us be steadfast in our faith. Let us be steadfast in our hope. I pray today, Lord, that this message has reached someone that may be struggling with the reality of your word. I pray that this today, this message, will be planted firmly in them and that they will do their own seeking. And I pray that you will... Lead them by the Holy Spirit to an understanding that your word is real and is true and just and good. Let your word, Father, be a light in dark places. 
let your word be the truth in the face of lies. And let your word be the foundation that we build every single thing in our life upon. I ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you all for joining today. Um, I really appreciate you being a part of this journey, as I know that others do. Keep the faith. May God bless you and the peace of Christ go with you everywhere you travel. Take care, guys. See you next week.